Put down your paintbrushes. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Hey, Tom, what's happening? Not a lot, thank you, Andy. What have you been up to in the hobby world since oh, the last episode? I've been working on a 10 mil project. It's a bit, it's a little bit secret, although I think the cat's got out of the bag for a few people. Um, so during uh, the lockdown, the lockdown, um, I decided to work on a 10 mil bolt action project. I was going to set cameras up. I was going to have two players like Skyping or Zoom or whatever it was going to be coming in. I was going to have a map. I was going to take black and white photos. I was going to show them what was going on. I was going to move the pieces around. It was going to be brilliant. And uh, I never did that. <laughs> but I did buy the models and I based them all up and I painted them up. And uh, just recently I ordered some some tanks, some 10 mil tanks. I got them from Magister Militarum. Is that the name of the company? Something um, like that, I think. Yeah, they've got a really good range here. So I ordered the 10 mil tanks and, oh my goodness, I enjoyed painting them so much. Um, Axis probably what allies are nice and easy. I sprayed them NATO green. I then used olive drab, and I had some some transfers are really good because the same happened to um to paint the stars and stuff on there, and then just so quick and easy to do. But for the German armor, I used contrast paints. I sprayed them black first of all. I then did a, a zenithial, if that's the right pronunciation on them. These only little ten mil guys. It wasn't super super important, but I think it helped a bit. And then I just went over with three different coloured uh, contrast paints and they turned out so well. I'm so proud of them. Luckily, I've got a few transfer sheets with uh, crosses on. So I, I chucked those on there as well. I thought they looked really nice. You, have to, you just, just have to take my word for it, how nice they look. So that, that's what I've mostly been working on. Also, I, um, I've done a, a few squads for Zona Alpha. It's just one slim blue book from Osprey, and you've probably, you've probably got enough models in your collection ready to play it, but it's sort of loosely inspired by um, the book called Roadside Picnic. Um, and if you've seen the movie Stalker... Well, yeah, I think it also says in the book, you know, it's sort of very much about the, uh, the Stalker and the Metro video games as well. Yeah. So that's, that's good fun. So I did. I've got. I made some mutants a while ago, and now I've made some some bandits. I did two artillery pieces. Uh, howitzer and a pack thirty eight for my Deutschland Afrika Corps, and then I um, also did a um, a Hanamag with Anuhu with it, the infrared light on top, which I thought was probably one of the nicest jobs I've done so far on a vehicle. But also, as you painted it without an airbrush and got the really good blended camo to work really well, I just thought, I can't get that fake, that neat with an airbrush. <laughs> that, was, that was cool. Yes, it sponges, Tom. You get a little sponge and you like spongy stipple it and then you get that um, gradation. And it's because it's, it's sort of more random and organic as well. I could never do that like just with a paintbrush. You have to use it just to tear a bit of sponge off and then dab it. You get the little gradations. That's how you do it. Well, I managed to. I've got a uh, 148 scale ground crew guy with a little spray gun. So I might just start standing him at the side of my tanks. And it's like he's, they've not been camoed up yet. He's, he's there. He's just the about to paint them up for you. <laughs> I like it. Hobby wise, for me, I haven't done very much really because I was uh, quite literally under doctor's orders not to hobby as a. 
wasn't allowed to sit down specifically at my hobby table. But I have, over the weekend, I painted up the first of the six mil Republican Romans for Hail Caesar. Yeah. And uh, sort of played around a little bit with those of how I was dealing with them. The six mil I painted before had been the Anzac World War One dudes, mm-hmm. which um, were very easy to paint, but they sort of, I think I took probably twice as long to base them as yeah. I did to paint them. And I thought I needed to have a better system in place for these Romans because there's also sort of like, you know, 40 to 60 dudes on a base rather than the half a dozen or so of the Anzacs. So what I did was I, I glued the front rank to the final bases. Yeah. And then the two rear ranks, I was all just blue tacked onto some painting bases. Yeah. Then I gave the base of the final base, I, I gave it a really thick, heavy brown wash and the bases of the stands as well after I'd primed them. Yeah. Then I just painted them up as normal. Then once they were painted and as I've given the figures a wash, I glued them all on the base, put some glue down and then just used uh i got some of the luke's aps um oh yeah I, that was i was gonna say to you that that's my go-to now i got the uh mediterranean soil from illusionary that's what i used that's what i used on my artillery and i think on my on my um Hanamag, i actually used that yeah and i i got that from illusionary terrain yeah and i i glued i, I was a little bit worried that it would look out of scale with the six yeah. mil dude but i just put it down and picked out any big bits. I think it looks better than the job I did with the Anzac Stooge using the backer spacing system. Yeah. Which for me was too much of a faff. Yeah, I, I really like that, that base ready stuff. I, I know sort of there's various sort of topics online and people say, oh, it's, you know, make your own basing material and all that sort of stuff. But it just saves so much faff and well, having to have. I think as well. So it wasn't even. Expensive. It's not expensive, and it just saves all the faff of oh. having to have half a dozen different tubs of everything to mix your own. I just I went to the, the our local like Poundland cheap shop, and I bought four tubs for two pounds fifty pence each, and I just emptied it in, and the stickers come off the bag, and I just stuck those stickers on the tub, and it looks like they look pretty professional actually. Um, and I, w- I would be happy, like I said, time is my most precious resource. So if I could just get a tub of that for four pounds, then, you know, I'm tempted to go buy a few more because they've worked really well. Oh, yeah, I think it's definitely now from all, all my go-to basing, I think, whatever the scale, I'm just going to yeah. go for that, I think. And then after I'd based them up, I, I just hit them with a coat of clear gloss varnish. Yeah. And when I finished it, them all, I'll hit them with a layer of dull coat. They look cool. I even used it for I shook it so the fine stuff came to the top. And then on my on my vehicles and on those artillery guns as well, I, I sprayed I, I sprayed them with um hairspray as a covering anyway to protect it. But if you just get a little bit I was just using a little bit and just aiming while I was throwing the powder to then throw it onto the vehicle and onto the onto the guns as well. So it gave a kind of a powdery look as well and it was just held on with hairspray. But be careful. Yeah. It will rub off if you're rough with it. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah, but you can always then just hit it with a spray varnish and they'll stick yeah. on forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, no, I've, I have been, I've been working on my Carthaginian. I haven't started work. I've been reading books about them, so I just wasn't sure exactly how to paint. I don't know because Roman, a Roman uniforms uniform. Um, done a bit of research and then gave up, and I'm going from the pictures on the backers website of how I'm painting for them because that, it's of, at yeah. six mil, it's quite difficult to decide. Is that like a princeps with a spear or a princeps with a sword? So mm. it's I am going down the route of coloured shields and tunics for yeah. specific units. At that scale, it's the shield that's going to make the big the big shield is going to be the thing you see, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I will admit I, I've looked looked at pictures of other people who have painted them in six mil, and I've realised they've done like drapping and all that sort of stuff on the uniforms, and I can't paint that detailed, so. It's... I've, I've, I've realised how my eyes are starting to go like just this last few months I've realised I, I might have to go and get my eyes tested because I'm finding it hard to look at things close up I think I'm not sure if it's the paint the tiny models that's um, making my eyes go or, or it's helped keep them in shape all this time but I think I'm going to have to get my eyes checked so well, I'm, I'm too worried about leather straps no it's like I, I, I'm finding that 6 mil. I, I'm quite enjoying painting by not stressing about it I think, like, rather than painting, it's more, I'm going to put three dots of paint on that is, like, the front, the side, and the back of the leg. Um, And especially when they're all mushed together in ranks, you just can't see. Yeah, you're not going to be wet blending, are you? No. I'm sure some people do, and people, I would think, you possibly could paint them like you would a 28mm model, but to that way, just madness. Madness for me. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting on with mine as well. I've just got so many projects. I need to get them um, onto lollipop sticks, and I need to get them undercoated. But um, it hasn't happened yet. I've grabbed a pile of lollipop sticks from the arts and crafts box, and uh, I'll be getting over a unit of something soon. Is there anything else? I think that's. Oh, and uh, just talking about reading, I've been reading up on the German Revolution. For some Freikorps versus Spartacist gaming at some point. Realised it's all quite an academic subject to be getting in when you don't know anything about it. But it's all quite interesting and looking forward to gaming that at some point. Yeah, I've been um, I've been reading up on the Boxer Rebellion. I think we had a quick chat about that, didn't we? Um, it's quite an interesting... It's, you know, interesting... Um, time to to game in the sense that you get all these like japan russia austria hungary um anglo um the french the us italians all fighting together um in china because they're trying to obviously the, the chinas are trying to push the the, the boxer rebellions even the fact they're called boxers is actually they're, they're actually martial arts it should be called uh the kung fu uh, rebellion instead because we we arrived and ah oh, they're fighting about weapons it must be boxing um, must be boxers so it's just quite interesting to see them you know that the, the these 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 countries so I'm, I'm I'm stuttering here Tom it's quite interesting having all these countries that in a few short years 1900 seizure peak uh, siege of Peking um, by 1914 you know Japan and Russia are at war and we get World War One starting and at this point in history, they're all fighting together under the same banner. Yeah, it's a, a period of history I know very little about, really. Yeah, um, me too. 
That's why I read a book. Still know very little, but I know a bit more. Well, on my sort of never-diminishing reading pile, I've got some stuff on the Seven Years' War, which looks sort of quite interesting, which is basically World War Zero. So, uh, is there anything in the hobby news that you've seen, Andy, that sort of takes your fancy? Or Well, there's a couple of things to talk about that I've seen that's coming out. I mean, there is Stargrave coming out, which I'm very interested in. I do like a bit of science fiction, to be honest. It's good fun. Um, laser guns and laser swords and things, and that's fun. And that's going to be coming out in April. And that's from um, Joe McCullen, I believe it's Joe, isn't it? Yep, um, it's a... Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm really sort of interested in that as well, because it. Um, I think it will link in... It's, it's an Osprey book as well, isn't it? But it's not yep. a... It will be... I think it will be like the Frostgrave series, when it won't be one of the Blue Book Osprey books. It will be a bit different. Yeah, they release a few times. They, they've released books hardback. Like, this is going to be a big game. Um, I'm thinking of um, well, Frostgrave um, and like, Dracula's America. Bolt action. Oh, <laughs> bolt action as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, suppose, um, I forget that's an Osprey game. Yes, same here. But they've, uh, I think, like not being disparaging of the the, the, the Blue Book games at all, because I think some of those are great. There's um, a Billion Suns coming out early next year as well, which is the yeah. space, sort of like spaceship battle game and I, I think they'll I don't know I doubt that they're designed to sort of work together but I like the idea of oh here's a game with the spaceships we'll now play a boarding action or whatever in the, the Stargrave sort of thing and yeah it will be cool to sort of be able to sort of scratch that sort of sci-fi silliness itch over um without having to you know dive into one of the other more established sci-fi games which yeah. cost a fortune Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the thing about the blue books are that you, you pick up the book and normally that's all you need. And to, for rules wise, at least, it's not going to be unless it's popular. Frostgrave has had several expansions, but that is probably that I would argue it could be the most popular fantasy um, skirmish game at the moment. I mean, it's up with a war cry pips it to the post. I don't know. Um, but certainly for a while there, we all, all could we play at a local club? I say we play at a local club, it's not actually open at the moment, tragically, so not a lot of games going on. But certainly, at our club, like Frostgrave, was huge. Oh, yeah, I, I think Frostgrave, I, I would imagine, is a sort of order of magnitude bigger than something like Mortal Gods or Dragon Rampant or any of those yeah. other games. But yeah. saying that, I think those other games even though some of them have been out for years, I think sort of still do have a player base because generally they're good games. Like I really like, um, I always get the, the Greek and Roman gods one mixed up with the Futsal Minis Mortal Gods game. I think it's Gods and Mortals and Mortal Gods. And I haven't got them in front of me. I think it's Gods and Mortals. Mortal Gods, I think, is... <laughs> the uh, Greek one. Yeah, that's the card one with the Greeks, yeah. which I've got here. But the Gods and Mortals, I think it's really, I really like the, the design philosophy before that. 
because it's one of those games where this unit type is whatever you base it on a CD. Um, yeah. And like you just have the points for making up your own gods with their own powers and whatever. And so these are the rough units. These are how much it takes to tweak your own so you can build whatever you want. So if you wanted to build super heavy armored, super tough sniper bowman, yeah. you can do it. And it's sort of like the metric is there all to build the points. So it's, it's a wiggle room to sort of really play however you want to narratively. Which I do, I do get a little fed up of games where you you spend these points to buy these bonuses and, and someone's just like, oh, I'm going to make him a sniper and this, and then it's like, oh, so what happens? He, he gets plus one to hit. Like, well, it's not that much better. <laughs> no, that like, some of, some of the powers in, in uh, Gods and Mortals, are, especially some of the God powers, are really quite, you could say game-breaking if you weren't sort of already knew what you're playing. There's things like, if you have a, a, a love goddess, like men won't attack her. So, like, all your units, no matter if your units are, are men, they won't attack her, so you're sort of snookered. I haven't got any Amazons in my <laughs> list. Oh, no. But who's to say Amazons wouldn't like girls? Yeah. <laughs> I think, but, but, but there's nothing to say that you, you could do that likewise. You could do it likewise, and you could make, if you wanted to, you know, especially if you're doing a Greek god, you can give the Greek god, and then all the guys are equally, like, he's too perfect to rough yeah. up. Yes, there's some there's some really really interesting um, blue rule books out there from Osprey. I'd, I'd really recommend um, people um, for for different games, whether it's Patriots, Rebels and Patriots, or Dragon Rampant, or Lion Rampant, and different stuff. I think it's well worth a look at. Um, but I'm quite interested to see this. What the game is April? It comes out next year. So it comes out April next year, and it's going to be you know, small war bands, small skirmish groups. There's been a big war, uh, and these are like pirates or fanatics or, you know, different people, scavengers, uh, raiding onto, like, floating jetsam or old space stations or, and trying to recover whether they're going to have, like, robots or mechanics or aliens or different kinds of things. It, it should be interesting. And I, I love it when it's um, model agnostic rules, so you can use any kind of model. I think that's, that's really good as well. So... It might, I might use some 40k models, or I might just, you know, put something together myself. We'll just have to see. Yeah, I, I really like that. It's a sort of, it's a sci-fi agnostic sort of setting as well. So I think, from what I've seen, I think you could sort of believably have a Star Trek away team, or something as grim dark as you want, or as silly as you know, if you want a load of squats or xenomorphs in your force, I think you'll probably yeah. be able to get away with it. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who Cyberman, you know, maybe yeah. I mean, potentially could, maybe you can take these rules and use them to play, you know, a different fan, a different fantasy, a different science fiction um, world that you want to play. Like, you know, you want to do a Star Trek away team fighting some Klingons. Maybe it'll work for that. I mean, we haven't seen the rules yet. So, but I know Frostgrave, Frostgrave is really good. Uh, we've had Joe come to the club and run. We had some events which he's turned up to. I had, I had the pleasure of playing him myself. and It was really good fun. Uh, and I think part of the fun of Frostgrave is just going and just having a think about what kind of warband you want to put together and finding the models and producing the story. I think that's sort of like a hallmark of sort of all of his games that I've seen so far, because I really like Oathmark. Um, I've yet to play it yet, 
but having read the rules and built an army for it, I, I really like the idea that it lets you build the fantasy army that you want without and use of you can come up with the logic for what you want. If you want a load of elves, but they've got a load of zombie bowmen with them as well, then you can do that if you want to. This is how the the rules aren't set in so you know, orcs are evil, dwarves are grim miners, humans are good, elves are floating magic users. Mm-hmm. You can sort of do whatever you want and the, the supplements that have sort of come out since then, I think the the, the ones that's coming out in a few weeks I think adds the undead to it and yeah. the one that came out earlier in the summer is more about sort of campaign play and how your characters can grow during that but i just really like how you can sort of take an idea build a whole army around that idea but sort of include the units that you want to that fit the idea so i liked um i sort of come up with like what i thought would be like a a, a, a viking sort of a icelandic saga themed army that's taken things from the sagas. So they're basically all the models of Vikings just on different sizes. So the the majority of it is 28 mil Vikings, but then they are aided by some ogres, which are 132 Vikings. Yeah. And they've got a giant, which is a 112 Viking. Yeah. And um, the gargoyles uh, for the rule are some... Hildefolk, which are some 10 mil Viking archers, just to sort of plink away at people and elf shot them. That's nice. The aesthetic we, should carry across. Yes. I just need a ghost seal uh, and then it will be sort of sorted. I have bought the Oathmark book myself, Tom. Um, and I came through the post and I opened it up and I flicked through and went, oh, this looks good. And I have put it on the shelf. Um, but I do intend um, to put something together because I've got my. I want to play Kings of War. I mean, this, when it comes to rank and flank, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about this, and they said when it comes to rank and flank, there's only really, I guess, there's uh, Dragon Rampant, Oathmark, and Kings of War. Kings of War is probably the biggest one at the moment. Um, and I really, I really like Kings of War. I know we had a chat about this before. I really like the Kings of War system. That you have the whole unit stay on the board and then it comes off. You don't take individual models off. I really like the way that works. Uh, good game. Thanks, Ronnie. Uh, <laughs> um, and I do want to have a look at see how I can use my, because I've got Abyssal, I've been mentioning these Abyssal Dwarfs. I haven't started on yet, but I do want to use them for Oathmark as well, um, my Abyssal Dwarfs. So I need to get some, a few bits and pieces. But I'll be starting, I, I just haven't had the time to start on them yet, Tom, if I'm really honest. I have to say that what we talked about motivation before, I think, on the last episode, and you know, having a game to have things painted for is a big is a big motivator for me. So I would love it if we were like, right, when we get back, we're going to play Oathmark, get this many points, get your dwarfs done, Andy, get on it. What are you doing? Hopefully, they won't languish like my English Civil War. Well, that sort of that, especially for the bigger projects, the, the motivation for getting them ready like for something is always what gets me through mm-hmm. doing them. And it's just why I, why I commit the time to them because I was like, right, I've got to get this done for this end date. How long I've got to do it. And at the sort of really since March, like when lockdown started in March, I did work on getting my English civil war finished because the idea was as soon as 
lockdown had finished, I was expecting to jump straight back into English Civil War and was yeah. expecting it to be a period of a few weeks. But then sort of since then, I've like, I've sort of got three bolt action sort of like slow grow projects on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I've picked them up and like done bits and bobs, but I just don't feel like sort of sitting down and painting like 40 home guard or, you know, a load of Ultram. Yeah. It, it just doesn't get to me. So I find myself more and more looking at like, right, what can I get done this weekend? What can I do in an afternoon and going for, for little projects and, I, I think sort of it's worked really well in that I sort of I went through my whole backlog of quick, easy to do little projects yeah. that I'd sort of had knocking about for years. But then I sort of found myself sort of going down the route of once I'd sort of got rid of all that backlog of quick, easy projects, buying more smaller projects that can be done in like a week or a couple of weeks. So just sort of get that buzz of like, oh, I've got these, they're done. So that's why I sort of I've done a um like a East African Congo warband sort of a thing that I saw off eBay and I thought, oh, that's really cheap. I picked that up yeah, uh, for like basically, I think about a tenner, but then like looked at how much the actual rules for Congo are. And I was like, yeah, might not be playing Congo. Um, you know, you, I, for... I, you can play a different game with them. You don't have to play. Oh, definitely. They're just any like models I need for like a, a pulpy adventure game. Like, you know, Indian, maybe even Dracula's America. I think you could easily set that in sort of like a, a pulpy Africa. I think anything like that, they will be useful for that. But they were the sort of things where I sort of found myself sort of in a way more looking for models or, or looking for things that I could pick up that I could paint quickly and sort of give myself the tick of finishing a project. Yeah. Uh, sure. rather, rather than going, oh, well, you know, if I spend this weekend doing this, I'll do be like, one sixth or one tenth of the way through it. I've I've just been sort of chipping away. If I see that I'm like, okay, I can get a vehicle done. I can get that howitzer done. So I haven't made the crew yet, but I can just get the howitzer done. And then another night, I can sit down and you know paint the four crewmen. It's yeah, just, it's just working my way through. I haven't got to paint the whole project in one night. Just break it down. It's like, okay, just tonight, I'm just going to do this gun. I'm going to put on Cobra Kai. <laughs> and I'm going to paint this this Hannah Mag, or I'm going to just you know watch the boys and um and and paint a Panzer four, you know, whatever it might be, or just you know I'm going to glue, I'm going to assemble one unit, you know, I'm not going to assemble the whole army, I'm not going to set myself some sort of target that I have to get it all done in one go, um, just slowly chip away at a project because it's not like um, like you said, it's not like we're rushing to get it done hit done for a date, it's just what interests you at that point in time? Yep. Uh, I found myself, I had a few things. I just wanted to get painted as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. just so I got them painted and out of the way. Yep. And yep. then when I was doing that, I was, I was sort of, I took a step back and thought, really, what is the point of doing such a half-assed job on these just to get them done? Do I really want them? Yeah. And then I either like the more valuable ones I flogged and the rest, I just, donated and gave away because like yeah. i don't want these i don't don't want to paint this like you know i've got a tub of second or third edition marines that i just didn't want to paint yeah thought, I, I don't need them I, I don't see myself playing with them so i'm just going to paint them to get rid of them and i might as well just not paint them and save the time you're, you're, 
they're gonna have to store them as well in my case now that's the like 500 million dollar question of just i I think i i have to admit i've ran out of room for storing stuff yeah and it's more if stuff comes in stuff is going to have to start going out because i've you know sort of read my wife uh as you know like put a sort of limit on the amount of really useful boxes i can stash about the place and so now i know yeah which is fair enough because i admit i have got hobby stuff everywhere you know i have to admit i've got an addiction (laughs) yeah yeah i have like you know you look at at the end and so it's not just minis it's board games and everything you know the top of every bookcase is such rammed full with board games that you know might have been played once more than half of them probably haven't been played yet um i've got armies tom that i've not played with yet oh yeah it's just it's and i want to i just i, I paint well some of them i painted during lockdown so it's not really my fault it's it's you know i haven't i haven't had a chance to go out and it's, and having that is part of the hobby is painting i would have to admit i probably if i was sort of split up my hobby time i would imagine sort of like building and painting models is probably it's definitely the greater part of the hobbying i do i do a lot more hobbying that style i do a lot more of the craft side of hobbying than i do gaming you know i might get six hours of gaming in a month yeah probably do 15 hours of hobby style stuff a week Um, yeah I've never really sort of worked out actually what I do. Sort of. We should maybe we should do that. We should do that for one episode. We should come back and we should have a look at how much. Just for one month, we should keep track of how much time we spend on. Um, I was going to say looking at models online. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Uh, uh, how much time we spend assembling, and how much time we spend painting, and how much time we spend playing maybe or something like that and then just have a have a nice pie graph that's probably that'll probably be quite an interesting thing to do especially maybe the, the with the playing aspect more when we sort of back the clubs back opening and we don't have to yeah because at the moment like there'll be no gaming because there's no gaming yeah thinking about it off the top of my head i probably spend as much time a month looking at minis and like mucking about at easy army like having the, the, the hypothetical shopping cart. Oh, I'll just build this army on easy army and yeah. I'll price it up while I'm doing it and then, you know, delete both of them. I'll probably just spend more time doing that than actually do rolling dice. Yeah, probably like my, like my um, hypothetical Dutch East India army that I was kind of like, oh, I'd be quite interested to do that. Like, oh, how many, like how many, how many um, inexperienced <laughs> troops would I need? <laughs> it's, like, it's ridiculous how many I... Um, <laughs> Yeah, because I, I really, there's so much, there's so many good bits to this hobby and planning out and just imagining different armies, is, is that's part, and reading rule books is all part of it, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think especially, I don't know for you, but I found during lockdown, I found I've become much more of, in, in a way, like a hobby butterfly, because yeah. again, so going back to that, like the idea of the motivation and working on projects, in the past, I've only ever had one thing being painted. It's yeah. like I, I, I've never, I've always been like, this is the army I'm painting. I paint it till it's finished. Then I pick up the next thing and I finish that. I've 
never in the past had like multiple things on the go. The same as on like my whole, when, when my when I'm building minis, I won't have like oh here's a tank half built, here's a giant half built, and here's a load of orcs three quarters put together. Mm-hmm. I'm always like I build one thing, build the next thing, build yeah. the next thing, and I always build them in section. I don't like to sort of if I'm building a Hetzer. I don't want to at the same time as building that be building a battle wagon or a rhino. You know, yeah. I, I don't mind building several t- tanks, but a battle hatcher. Yeah, they've, they've got to be the same. Um, um, I have to say, Tom, that I'm I have not been like that. <laughs> I know that I have not been like that. I like to buy models. I used to go on eBay and and see different deals, and I, I'd pick things up um, and I'd stash them away for. I'll get onto that later. But I always had lots of different little things. I've never been one for, and I really, it'd be so much smarter to do it this way. Plan my army, look at the list, buy the models, rather than going, oh, I fancy, mm, I fancy doing some orcs. I'll go on eBay, what's cheap for orcs? I'll buy a load of those, buy someone else's old army, and then go, oh, actually, I've got three of something I shouldn't have, I should only have a maximum of one of, or... Something terrible, and then I'll put them away for a bit, and then years later I'll get them out and paint them up, you know. I think that sort of thing, though, comes down to knowing the game. Yeah. Because, like, I know when I started playing Bolt Action, you know, you're buying things like medium machine guns, you know, light mortars. I've got three light mortars, that's going to be great. Yeah, all these sorts of things. And I, I know the first couple of Bolt Action armies I've bought, I've definitely got a load of stuff I... I would now never see myself using unless yeah. for a scenario game. But, That'd be MMGs. Yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 I saw that in third edition. But the latter armies I've bought for it, I have managed to really buy pretty much what I need and sort of also sort of worked out army lists that sort of fit with what I want the most. You go, all oh, right, so I get 23 dudes in the squad. I get 23 dudes in the box. Right, so that's like three squads of seven and the officer team. Yeah. What do I need? What do I do then about that fourth infantry squad that I need? It's like, right, well, I don't want to buy another box of 23 because that's too many dudes. Oh, I'll get the metal box set and that also gives me a sniper and someone else. And yeah. this sort of thing. I'm trying to sort of work it out. Like a word, I, I do now sort of jig the army list to fit what I can buy best. So yeah. to try because I don't want I'm not that competitive a gamer with it to go I'm going to spend an extra twenty or thirty quid to like eke out that extra half a percent of the army list of just not I'm not that bothered. Yeah, it's not that kind of game, is it? It's not that no. Kind of, um, at least the way we play it, it's not. Um, no, and I, I think sort of also thinking about it like that and trying to work out like. What gets me the best army for like the the best amount of money is sort of really sort of linked me into this trying to get over this thing of what is the best like automatically thinking right I want to play this game and automatically thinking about playing it in twenty eight mil yeah because um like one of our friends has got a a, a bolt action Korea army and he's like really keen for other people to play it and I've sort of been scouring all over looking for like some uh earlier korean war british models that look all right and that also especially in the for, for in the winter 
and I just cannot find any that I find. Like the Warlord ones are all in tropical gear, and I, I don't like the sculpts of the first corp ones. Yeah. And so, so I was like, looking right, I want to play this game, but I cannot find any models that I like. Yeah. Then happened to see, and also they're quite expensive. Happened to then see the Pendragon ten mil range, and it was just like a light bulb moment. I was like, wow, these are quite nice models. Yeah. They're really cheap. Anything else in the news you want to talk about, Tom? <laughs> Get back to the yeah, back 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 to the news. Um, a little bit of an elephant in the room for us um, as as of keen bolt action players is the Canadian sector's D Day book that Warlord have brought out, and the I would say rather lackluster deals or yeah. support that they've bought. For the book, there's there's a couple of things that sort of strike me as slightly, slightly off with with this launch. Um, yeah. First off, is it only seems like a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how long it is. It, it might be longer because I know time is now irrelevant really for everyone. But it only seems like a few weeks ago that we got the Maulau Islands book. Yeah, for, and. Yeah. This book isn't out until the end of January, early February, um, which seems, you know, a three month window from when you order it to when it's delivered. It's a long time. Seems a fairly long time. And also with the Stalingrad book and the last Pacific Islands book, the deal Warlord did a, a pretty simple deal was you bought the book. And you could buy a box set of the troops for fifty percent off. Yeah. So it was like selling guide book. I just got a book of a box of Winter Germans because you, know, you always need more Winter Germans. Yeah, exactly. And with the Marlow Islands book, I just got a box of half price Japanese infantry. Mm-hmm. This time, rather than make it half fifty percent off, you got about two pound fifty off. So. Rather than coming in at sort of £32, 33 quid, something like that, it was like 45 And I just thought, it, it struck me as such a low discount as to why bother doing it in the first place. Yeah. It And I could understand if it was the new rumoured British box set mm-hmm. that, or the Commonwealth box set that they sort of didn't want to heavily discount when it's just come out. But it was it was the old one, yeah. which I think most people would agree is getting long in the tooth. As somebody who wants a Canadian army, how did you feel about it? I feel I should explain that um, I live with two Canadians. Um, uh, I promised my son. I said, "Look, there's a Canadian book coming up. Um, I am. We are going to get." Uh, Canadian army. He's six, and he he plays in my models more than I do. I think he likes to get the tanks out. Um, but I promised him we were going to get a Canadian army. I've, I've even been selling off my forty k tanks because I'm downsizing there, which is good. Downsizing, the wife is happy. There's boxes everywhere, so I've been downsizing, and I managed to save up about three hundred and fifty quid. And I was like, right, I've got three hundred and fifty quid. And when this D Day book comes out, you know, there's a nice big mega deal like they did for Stalingrad. So I've been excitedly waiting for this to come out. And it came out, and there wasn't a single Canadian army deal. There was, there was a commando deal, there was SS, there was you know, different German divisions, there was British 
but it was not a specific Canadian Army deal. And I was thinking, have they not realised it has Canadian in the name of the book? Like, oh, I just been, I was so excited, and I was ready to take my money if it's good. And I'm like, now I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not even sure I want to. Um, I probably will, because you know he doesn't like building an army. But um, I was, I was very disappointed. And I just got let Tom know in an email, just a message, just how disappointed I was. I was going to write to Warlord and say to them, it's "Shocking, they haven't even done a Canadian Army deal in for the launch of the Canadian book." Uh, it just seems crazy to me. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Canadians are part of the big box that they do for yeah. Christmas this year. If they're going to do another big box, I know they've done the big box the last few years, but um, yeah. hopefully it will be a bit better than the Stalingrad one, which. Did give you some really cool models, but I, oh, I love that sniper. I want oh, the, the sniper was very cool, but I didn't. I think the Berlin one, when you got the plastic Atari houses, is fantastic. And I think you look at the quality of that terrain compared to the MDF ones in the Stalingrad box, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. Personally, I think you know. I think you know th- those those plastic houses, the the German houses, that, and the like resin barricades and stuff you've got were yeah. just fantastic in the Battle yeah. of Berlin box. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, eh? Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward for it to come out. I know I've, I, I've pre-ordered it. I just ordered that and a sprue of female zombie apocalypse survivors to get the free postage. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. Oh, I enjoyed that break, Tom. And so this section, as uh, I gave the, the cunning title of Rules Matter, but does size. Yeah. So like earlier on, I, sort of, I mentioned how I'm, sort of, I'm trying to sort of get over the, the thought that when I read a game or, or see a new game coming out, I immediately think, oh, how do I play? What models can I find for that in 28 mil? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm exactly the same, Tom. Um, and I think sort of like even going sort of talking about Stargrave again, I was thinking about what model, what sci-fi models have I got in 28 mil, and I had a quick look at what sort of other, you know, what sort of retro sci-fi models are out there, and I only typed you know, retro sci-fi 28 mil. It didn't even until just now realize that who says it has to be played with 28 mil models, why couldn't I use a 10 mil model on a 25 mil base? Or why couldn't I use a 15 mil model or a 172? Why in my head, when I think gaming is all gaming in 28 mil and then like anything that in a different scale is somehow different. It's gaming, but with a caveat. And I, I know personally, I need to really get over that in my head thinking it's not proper gaming or giving it with a caveat because as I I keep mentioning, I don't have the room for an ever expanding 28 mil army collection. I don't have the money to sort of indulge in some of the projects that I'd like to do in 28 mil. And also seeing some of the smaller scale stuff that I've done, I think it looks better in a smaller scale. Like, I don't know how, how, how are you thinking sort of 
on scale as a whole thing. What are your thoughts, Andy? On the so, sort of I first sort of ventured out into smaller scale stuff. Um, it was Warhammer 40k 8th edition came out, and I realized it didn't use templates. And I was like, brilliant. Because I, I looked at the way the rule system was written, I thought it seems to be like it's actually a, for a, a smaller game. Um, like bubbles from commanders and so on. I was like, this reminds me of a, of a smaller scale game. So I, I bought some 15 mil orcs and I bought some 15 mil, well, they weren't 15 mil Tyrants, they were different things, but I used to make, I made a two minute army, I made an orc army in 15 mil. I played, a, I played um, a little bit of eighth using those, but that, that's when I first realized that, you know, you can get some really effective smaller scale models i bought some uh i bought ducks britanniara models um in 15 mil i bought some models for um ma- uh, men who would be king so i've got some french foreign legion and some moroccan rebels to fight in 15 mil so i started a few years ago just realizing you you, you can do other games in different scales i mean epic for example is you know like six mil and you could even if you if you wanted to, Tom, I think I said this to you before, if you wanted to play Mortal Gods and you were worried that you can have like six guys getting together and forming a phalanx, which doesn't seem quite right, you could buy six mil guys and put them on one, what, 25 mil base. Yeah. And you could just say, okay, that's a unit of guys. So you could have a unit of guys per base and you just use the rules as normal. So when you take off one guy's kill, you take off the base, which has all the little guys on. So you can still use the same rule set and, you know, it wouldn't make any difference. I I think it's just a lot cheaper and a lot more effective way of um, of doing army. So I've got loads of 10 mil. I've got um, undead. I've got Romans, Celts, uh, English Civil War. I've got my Covenanters for English Civil War in 10 mil. I've just done these World War Two in 10 mil. I bought, and I'm now going to start doing these Carthaginians in six mil. The game, when I when I played in a smaller scale, a minority scale, um, I haven't found it's uh, uh, adversely affected gameplay, which I think is the is the big thing for me. I think it, it doesn't seem to affect gameplay. Tom, I don't know what your thoughts are there. I, I I would definitely agree. It hasn't affected gameplay, and I think for me, I'm going to sort of put like a. I differentiate between 10 mil and 6 mil. Um, yeah. Like I, I've played uh, a bit of Warmaster Ancients in 10 mil, yeah, and a moderate amount back in the day of, of original Warmaster. Yeah, and I think I painted up recently. Well, in the last year, I've painted up a, a Warmaster Persian army and a 10 mil uh, dwarf army for one for ancients and one for the fantasy version and painting the 10 mil models i found very similar to painting a 28 mil model you know they're still they're this obviously much smaller but they're still a model yeah. and when you put them on the base they are a model and they are relatively robust and they're fine and, and you know i i think you can equate you know this is my dwarf wizard casting a spell you can sort of go, all right, he's my dwarf wizard, he's casting a spell, and you can sort of make that connection with that model. Mm-hmm. The six mil stuff I've painted, I'm now sort of onto my second army. The first one was the Anzacs, and I'm now doing the uh, Republican Romans. 
I think there are some things where six mil to me will really, really shine, and they are rank and file troops. Yeah, and I think when you have got a block of troops, and they're all closely together and they're relatively uniform, because I, I think that the big bugbear. It's not a big bugger. The negative thing I have about six mil at the moment is how fragile the troops are. Like you can have like a really nice base of them all set up. You drop it, two or three of the dudes are just going to snap off. At the weekend, I spent like three hours and I got like fifty dudes on a base, um, yeah. and they look like fifty dudes. And like you pop. 10 of those bases down you've got 500 men that look like 500 men yeah. and that is, that is realistically then a small army as you were saying earlier on with the idea of you know three men does not make a phalanx yeah you know the same as like really 10 men don't really do they but you know if, if you've got or like a two-man deep phalanx is, is a bit pathetic looking Whereas yeah. if, if, if you can sort of get them, you know, six, seven, eight men deep, you're getting that look of them, I think, looks more, much more to me. And, and that's when they then be start looking more, rather than as an individual miniature, more as a, not necessarily a fancy token, but they, I think they move on from the miniature more to like a, a unit representation. That's um, it. Yeah. For skirmish games, where you can have a gang of people, like more time. For example, there's Blast from the Past or Infinity or some of these games where you're using a, a small number of models. I think 28 mil is, is great. But if you want to have the spectacle of like, I'm going to do the War of the Roses. I'm going to have big old units. I want to have tabards and flags and, you know, units of knights. I think 6 mil. And certainly for Napoleonic, I'm really feeling like it has to be 6 mil or... I just don't think you're being honest with yourself in that you're sort of representing the battle correctly, if that makes sense. No, I, th- I think that's definitely true. I think I think that's really true. I think if, if you've got... I think, I, I, think I, I would make the distinction that if you are, like, as the commander, you're issuing orders to a unit or to the man, I think that is that is the difference. I think, like, in a skirmish game... It's more like, you know, you go here, you go here, you shoot him, you shoot him, you bugger off over there. Whereas in a, a, like, if if you're doing, like, you know, War of the Roses or something like that, it's more like, this flank goes here, this flank goes there. You're talking hundreds, if not thousands of men. And trying to reproduce that with two or three dudes just doesn't really have it for me. I think DBA goes a little, does sort of, have some of that with that with its its blocks and that you know these four dudes don't really represent four dudes they represent like hundreds of men and, and, yeah. and a little bit like that but i think there's nothing I, i've got a real kick out of looking at this unit of princeps and going yeah that looks like 40 or 50 you know that looks like 50 men you know yeah i i can imagine you know having 20 of them on the table and saying this is a legion looks like a legion rather than having 10 men and going or like even a hundred men on 25 mil bases and going this is a legion doesn't really look like a legion more like uh 100 guys yeah it looks like 100 guys looks like a centurion 
abstraction like this where only rep each man represents four or five guys but yeah um i think if i i would like at some point to do prussians um for you know battle of waterloo or something i it has to i think it has to be six mil or even two mil but maybe I think, that's I think, like, I've, I've got some two i've got some two mil macedonians um i've got two uh, two mil armies i've got macedonians and i've got indians um i have to admit with them i think I think some things work on the two mil scale. I think the elephants work. Mm. I think the cavalry kind of work. And I think the blocks of pikemen work. The actual, like, if it's, is this an archer? Is this a spearman? Is this got, got shields? What are they? They are too small a scale, I think, for me. You just yeah. can't tell. I think it's just like you can only tell by the paint. Yeah. And at, at that point... Too much. I think... I, I would personally, I think, probably get more out of a sticker on a block yeah. than saying what the... I think, like, a command and colour style sticker yeah. telling me what the unit is is better than, I think, looking at trying to work out what they are. Whereas, I think, you don't have that with 6, six mil. I think, like, when you were saying how you wanted the tabards and that sort of thing, I, I, I would think that... Six mil is tight, is too small a scale. Oh, for... I'm thinking of like if you have a unit of um knights, yeah, they've all got a different heraldry. If I was doing a unit of those in 28 mil, I'd be pulling my hair out. Oh, yeah, no, I think you could definitely, like, you know, but do six, like, like a lot easier to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you could do like, oh, this one's got like you know, yellow cloths and banding, and this one's got blue, this one's got purple all that sort of thing but i think if you were trying to actually paint like any smaller detail like i'm, I'm looking at a six mil horse now I, I i could i think if i had to do heraldry on them i would just have to literally paint the top half of the horses different colors um, yeah and i think it's splodges it's just it's splodges um yeah. and i i think where they that they would probably really shine is things like napoleonics yeah and I, i'm quite lucky in like doing the romans is the color splodges gives you what you you're going for mm-hmm. whereas i think with 10 mil i think you could like go I, I know some people use decals on six mil but that i think would just be madness to me but no one like 10 mil you can bring out all the all the all the skills that you have on 28 mil i think still work on 28 because yeah. on 10 mil because i know when i've painted the 10 mil stuff i still paint them like one at a time like a model yeah whereas these six mil dudes like i pick up like in my hand i've probably got 20 or 30 dudes at the time that i'm just dotting on colors of oh. colors of paint and it's like this is this arm is really just three connected dots um well i mean i'm gonna find out when i when i get to do my um do my six mil carthaginians i'm gonna get a chance to see exactly what i think of painting them but um i think that's big one of the big things is that some people just enjoy painting the models and yeah. the 20ml, i think they enjoy the process of painting completely agree and I, I i i wouldn't be surprised if there are very few painters out there who paint 10 mil or smaller i can fully see why people would enjoy painting 15 mil because 
it has it has it's not that much obviously it's a lot smaller than 28 mil but it's it's still plenty big enough to you know you can paint eyes you can do yeah. eyebrows that sort of stuff and you know doing a 10 mil eyebrow or an eye is going to be pretty tricky um I don't paint the eyes on my 28 mil guys, Tom. Shut I don't. I don't. Um, I, I, I can't. I, I've ruined so many decent, what I think is a decent paint yeah. job by trying right. to do eyes. I, I just don't bother. Um, so that more sort of like the sort of more impressionistic sort of dotting and giving the rough impression of what the unit looks like on the base really suits my my style of painting, which is perfect for six mil stuff. And again, it's how you base them. You know, they come on like the stuff I'm doing at the minute, they're on strips of four. Mm-hmm. So they, they three strips fit on a base lengthways, three by three. They just, you know, 36 dudes on the base looks like a unit. And I'm really happy with them. I think another big reason why people go to 28 mil initially is because so many people have come to gaming from uh, 40k. Well, I think I don't think it's just forty. I think it's definitely it's because of forty k. But I just don't think it is forty k specific. I think it's the idea of a starter set. Like, yeah. I can't think. I, I I know backers do some bundles where you get a set of rules with their games, but I can't think of any other modern. Oh well, uh, Titanicus the forty k. Yeah. Not epic, epic. That's a different scale, isn't it? And you have things like uh, Cruel Skies and Cruel Seas or whatever. They're they're different scales with but, with starter sets. But um, yeah, I I can't think of a, a a smaller scale infantry based game which has a starter set. But I think also the thing that makes it more difficult for people to pick up any scale outside of 28 mil and possibly 15 is that there isn't an overriding game that is played in that scale like you think 15 mil 172 world war 2 is flames of war um like bolt action is on the whole 28 mil world war 2 yeah um there isn't like what do you, what is 10 mil world war two now i know there is a game coming out soon uh which is hopefully going to sort of fill that niche for like divisional level games but i'm sure it will still be a relatively sort of niche game and i, I think so where people do play world war two in different scales like, oh this is chain of command in 10 mil this is you know a different even more niche game that we're playing in six mil or these are a homebrew set of rules that we've played for this and like how we are going to be playing the punic wars we're going to be playing uh hail caesar yeah um well like you buy the hail caesar box set the starter set it comes to 28 mil models like you know the designer of the game himself i'd like put out a, a set of like a document to how you can make, adapt it to smaller scales, and it says in the rules you can play it on different scales. But I think you know what you get in the starter set. I think sets you down a sort of, of route, doesn't it? Because I've I've got that starter set, and I sort of had to think, right, I'm going to play this game. But I'm not going to play it with these models. These models I'm, I'm parking over here. I'm going to use them for infamy, infamy. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to play this game 
in a smaller scale because I can't afford to play it in, in yeah. a big scale. And I, I think f- for me, the, the driving figure for, thing for me for trying to go down that road of playing, especially Hail Caesar in a smaller scale, was realising that the, the, the scale and scope of game I think I would like to play in that game to get an army up to the science would cost me about a thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're thinking, well, I, I want 20 chariots. I think, because I, I like the idea of chariots with you. I don't want two chariots. I don't want f- three chariots. You know? I think they come in units to be the six or eight. And yep. you're looking at like 15 to 80 quid, 15 to 18 quid each at the cheapest. And that's for like one unit, which comes in at 30, 40 points. That's 90, 90 quid a unit? Uh, something like that, yeah. And so it's, I, 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 like, I don't know what scale people play it on in the larger world, but I could easily see it costing you over a thousand, up to or over a thousand pounds, depending on what army it is you're playing. If you're just playing, you know, low rank after rank of plastic Romans, then it's not going to be very much at all. Um, but if if you're doing you know, you've got elephants and all sorts of things. It's it's just you need a second job to afford to play it. And that's not disparaging that game yeah. specifically. I think any I think any masked game is the same. If you have um like even if you're playing saying that with playing with the plastic centurions, you know, I've seen plenty of photographs of people's twenty eight mil Napoleonic armies where they've got thousands of figures. And you go well, they're yeah, they're cheap. They're twenty, thirty quid for forty. But once you've got thousands of them, then they are. Cheap. You know, it's it's not cheap it's individually cheap on the kind of bulk you can end up with. They're certainly not cheap. Um, and I, I feel you can jump in just and test an army. Just just buy an army for like thirty or forty quid. You know, it's like thirty-five pounds for a six-mil army. You could just buy it. I think and I've spent that on a round of drinks before, you know. Oh, definitely. And I think if, if you're on, but I think also if, if you want to try something or you really want to play something, but you haven't got like, you haven't got somebody who's got an opposing force. I think it's, it's more than affordable to sort of like buy both forces for yourself and just give them to a mate to play for the night and yeah. go, right, I'm going to rock up with this game. Which side do you like? I want to do um, like Hittite, uh, Hittite Egyptian Battle of Kadesh because I again with chariots. Mm-hmm. So, like, at, at some point, you know, when this is all over, I'll just pick up a couple of both armies, I'll paint them both up, I'll come down the club and I'll say, Who wants to play this? Right, do you want Egyptians or Hittites with plain chariot wars? Um, and, I've, and, you know, I've priced it up and I think it'll be, you know, as you say, a couple of price of a couple of rounds of drinks, which is, I I feel, a justifiable expense to give me the jolly of playing something. I might only play like once in a blue moon, but can then sit in a box and be fine. Yeah. And the storage space is tiny as well. You know, I, I am enjoying um, reducing the size of my armies as I, I keep, you know. <laughs> I keep them in really useful boxes, and it's just like just so much smaller to keep those guys together than it is a. Oh, it's it's all the KR multi cases I've got. 
yeah, well, t- talking about sort of the storage space, and I think I talked about it on the last episode, like what really shocked me was the English Civil War army I built for our, our, our club campaign, but in, based on the Northern Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it isn't huge. It's like, it, it is huge, but it, it, I think it comes in at about 800 points. Yeah. With everything and on all the sort of bells and whistles, which if you read the rule book, it's like it says like that's the sort of that's the size of like a full big day sort of game. Um, And that takes up five really useful boxes uh, and including some of the deeper ones for all all the pikemen and, and that sort of thing. And it's. I was really gutted when I watched you. Uh, I saw the photographs of you and Ed playing with your 10 mil stuff. I know, man. It, it was... was like you're getting all the joy of playing the game. And it looked just as good as what I think my stuff looks like. But you haven't got the utter pain in the backside of trying to transport five really useful boxes on public transport across London. I It was about 800 points as well. And I just had it in one half of one layer of foam for a KR case, like one, like you'd use for a blood bowl team. Yeah. It's, it's like, I couldn't take that army to an event because it's too hard to try. It's, it's too big to transport. Um, unless like I took a taxi there or something. It's just, it, it like really. And then when I sort of realized it at home and I realized, well, this one army is taking up, the storage space of like five of my normal bolt, no more than five of my normal bolt action armies. Yeah, I just thought this is like I'm glad I've got it, and it's think I will keep forever. Now I've got it and I've painted it, but it's like I realized you can't do this. I can't like I can't like when I got the Napoleonic stuff, I was sort of very careful, though it was like in a deal, so I got a lot of what I got. But I've sort of been very careful to make sure what I've added to it doesn't like increase its bulk too much yeah. um because it's it's just yeah it, it it takes the fun out of it going right well this is great where do i put it um and so that has also sort of like tipped me into looking at an, another scale that i never thought i would look at because i had sort of really in, in my head i'd sort of considered it almost sort of defunct which was 172 um because I've sort of added a few planes to my, my bolt action armies, either for sort of like air observers, artillery spotters, and, and for airstrikes and that sort of a thing. And the size of, like, this, this, this won't be a surprise to anyone, but like the size difference between a 148 Stuka and a 172 Stuka is massive. Yeah. Like, like the 148 one won't fit in an A4 really useful box. The the 172 one fits in the A4 really useful box with a thousand point German army army, yeah. army as well. And it's like, well, what is the point of the 148 one apart from on the ground is the correct scale? I have to say that my um, my motivation to finish my painting my 28 mil English Civil War was not great to begin with, but just having played that 10 mil game with Ed. I would much rather paint another load more 10 mil English Civil War than finish off what I have. Because it was just, it worked so well. Playing Pike and Shop 10 mil blocks of 
guys was just as good as playing. It didn't have quite the spectacle of that big event we organised. We all brought our stuff down. It didn't have that feel. But as a game between two people, it was it was it was good. It worked really well. I think you might have sort of had it sort of hit it on the head there really than like as a game and just going down the club on a Wednesday night or even on a Sunday afternoon, I think the ten mil stuff is just better. Yeah. You want to play a game, chuck it in your bag, go to work, have a couple of drinks, play it for a game, hands down, better every time. I think the twenty eight mil stuff, I think, is for that when you want your that spectacle of uh, th- treating it more like an event. Yeah. Like I, I am really looking forward to the time when we can all get together and all put out the civil war stuff that we've all got painted. And then we can like show it off and go, like, this is what we've done as like a group of half a dozen of us over a year or whatever. And go, this is what we've come up with. And I'm sure that will be a spectacle that will probably stay with us for quite a long time and yeah. be really cool. But it won't be something that we repeat every week. Um, yeah. no. Because it will be... Like, I would imagine I will take my full collection down to the club. Now it's all painted once. And that will be... Any other time, it will be like parts of it. And that's only because, like as I keep mentioning, I think to get it there, I've got to get a taxi. So that means that 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 game or whatever we do that day will cost me like forty quid. So it it just sort of needs to be treated like I will have to treat it like an event. And I think we're planning on having an event. Are we planning to have yeah. the club open for for a whole day and we'll play like one massive battle with it all. Well, that's it for today of episode two of the Hobby Support Group. Thank you, Andy, and join us again soon. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you all soon. Take care.